morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Seven oh seven on your oh, Wednesday. Yeah. It's Wednesday, by the way. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday, and that was Kiss. And I am a yeah. huge fan of Kiss, so yeah. I would have probably let really? that music well, go a little bit that. longer. I had no idea. Yes, but this yeah. is important. We're talking about sustainability, and there's a new cookbook. <laughs> it won an international award for its talk about sustainability. And what does that mean when we're talking about getting into the kitchen? I considered like sustaining my current weight is about the closest <laughs> thing I would have I would have come to cuz it, it didn't... I don't think it means that. Oh, okay. Uh, it doesn't mean that at all. No, so let's at find all. out what it is all about because if you're going to do a cookbook, sustainable is awesome, but the, the recipes also have to be awesome. So let's find out from uh, co-author of this, Twilight Campbell is joining us, a food and travel writer uh, and and uh, I've already been going through your book, Twilight, and this looks so tasty. So um, um, explain the sustainability part first off for us. Yeah, you know, sustainability was um, not the focal point of our project, but it was always in the background, and it's something that's always been important to me. I grew up on a farm, and it it wasn't even a thing that was recognized back when I was a kid on the farm, but it was just sustainability was um, taking good care of the land, taking good care of the animals, and treating it treating those with respect, but also the aspect of food waste. Mm. You know, you can't waste your resources. So it was, I grew up in a house where nothing went to waste. And my mom would actually keep dry toast, like not buttered, but dry toast. And she'd throw it into this big uh, bowl. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the week, she would grind up that dry toast and make it into dumplings. So not even... Mm leftover toast went to waste and then it was also like using the whole animal you didn't you didn't just go for the tenderloin we raised our own livestock we butchered it and all those parts we ate right down to the to the bits and pieces out of the head and went into head cheese and um you know tongue and and heart tongue and yeah and neck and so it's sustainability in food and cooking it's multifaceted but it's all those things and it's like when you cook how I grew up was you always think ahead as to what can I do with the scraps mm. you know with what I'm making can that be used in the, in a future dish so you don't throw out your vegetable peelings or the bones of a carcass or anything like that you keep those aside so that you can use that to make something in the future and there's a few recipes in here where um, there's the spiced cranberry recipe and so you make you know everyone wants cranberries for Thanksgiving or or Christmas dinners and things like that so you make your homemade cranberry uh, mm-hmm. condiment or, or side and then you strain it and you reserve the juice and that becomes a simple syrup for cocktails Ooh. and um, same with Stacy. you just saw the uh, strawberry recipe in the book there the spiced strawberries yeah, you can with use, wine you're putting wine in it yeah and you can strain that and use that as a simple syrup and we make there's a recipe for ricotta if you've never made ricotta at home do it do it tonight it takes five minutes Literally, so how do you make five it? Five minutes. You take. I've just kind of winged it with a variety of dairy products. Like I'll use some sour cream, and if I have some leftover yogurt, and if I have hmm. some whipping cream, or you know, eighteen percent cream, and I, I've experimented over the years. But the recipe in the book comes from Carla Alexander. She is a chef in Edmonton, and she used to have a restaurant called Market on Jasper Avenue, and that's the first time I've ever made 
ho- or um, eaten homemade ricotta was at her restaurant. So that's her recipe in the book. But you, she uses uh, uh, Greek or Balkan yogurt, like a really mm-hmm. thick yogurt. And you add an acid to it. it can so you be, curdle it. Yep, you curdle it, and then you strain it, and it's done in minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and you're even delicious. using what's strained off yes. the way That's where I was going. in recipes. Right, right. So if you make ricotta at home, you strain the curds, and you're left with this milky liquid. That's whey. We know the nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and whey is a remarkable um, uh, product to tenderize meats. Hmm. And also, um, I use it in the cookbook to braise leeks in. And so you have braised leeks in whey, and then you can take, you can eat those just like that, or you can also use those in another recipe we have in the book um, to make like a, almost like a French onion soup with hmm. those braised leeks. Uh, it's fascinating to me. So you would have started this how many years ago when you started compiling and putting this together and planning prairie, these seasonal farm fresh recipes <laughs> celebrating the Canadian prairies? Well, Technically, four years, because Dan and I started talking about it in 2019. Mm. And I ask that simply because we've gotten into the more of an affordability. I think people, lots of people have had trouble making ends meet back in the day. But really, we're into yes. this affordability price, uh, crisis. There's inflation issues. There's all of this. It sounds like this is a great way to make your dollar stretch, as well as doing really cool, interesting recipes. For sure, for sure, because um, we use a lot of pulses in the book, too, and mm-hmm. if you really want to stretch your food it's dollar, cheap. start cooking with lentils, chickpeas, beans, the, in the pulse family, and you can make a meal for pennies, literally. But, um, yeah, Dan and I started talking in 2019, and I think we pitched to Random House end of 2020 mm-hmm. and started uh, actively working on the book 2021. Is there anything like this out there? Well, uh, apparently not, <laughs> because uh, the book was put into this uh, international contest, this Gourmand Awards. Uh, I got the notification um, around, I don't know, what was end of September. They wanted a preview copy, mm-hmm. so we sent it to them. And then a month later, I got the notice that it was shortlisted, and I thought... Our own little prairie book here from Alberta. Pretty crazy. And then just a few days ago, we were notified that it placed first. (gasps) It won. Mm. Yeah, it it got first place. And so I looked at who else was in that category. There was 19 submissions from Canada alone for the sustainability Mm -hmm. category. There's 200, no, 100 categories, uh, over 230 countries submit. And this is the... 29th year, I think, that this awards program has been Mm -hmm. running. So the other three, the top four, Mm -hmm. so we were placed first. Um, A book from the States came in second, and that was about seafood sustainability, Mm -hmm. written by Valentin Thomas. And then uh, in third was a book from the UK, and that was about... Uh, the relationship of gastronomy and sustainability from a socio-cultural perspective. But you weren't even thinking about something like this when you wrote this book, right? And then right? fourth was France, about the history of local vegetables in France. Wow. No, I mean, writing this book and, and whatnot, that was not the intention. We just kind of wrote from our our hearts. These are family recipes. These are recipes yeah. from chefs we know that we've worked with. And it was just, you know, a couple of 
prairie kids coming together, oh, writing, writing this but food story. There's, there's a instructions on how to use the book. And usually, you know, <laughs> I thought I, I knew how to navigate a, a cookbook, but it says how to use this book. How do you use this book, Twyla? <laughs> well, I mean, we just wanted it to be approachable. We want people to get in their kitchens and just start cooking. And so take away the, the, the fancy stuff and the complicated procedures and whatnot. We just want people to be comfortable. So it's like, how do you use this book? Well, you know, when we talk about eggs, we're talking about large eggs. When we're talking about butter, we're talking about unsalted butter. Okay. And it's just, it's, you know, five or six very basic things. Right. How do you use the book? Just open it and enjoy it. Well, it, it, it does celebrate uh, the, the prairie farmer. And you can you could argue that that is very, uh, you know, meat and potatoes, basic types of food. Uh, the, a lot of these recipes do not seem basic to me. Okay. The rye whiskey souffle <laughs> pancakes. First off, I'm enthused over because I think I see bacon in here too. So there's that. So that's a really good uh, comment, Daryl, because this is a common misconception about prairie food. And this is why prairie food, this region of Canada, gets overlooked so much. You know, we're, we don't make the list. We don't make the award ceremonies or restaurants and stuff like that because generally the rest of Canada thinks... We're just meat and potatoes over yep. here, <laughs> you know. We're just wearing the the rubber boots and walking through the hayfields. And it's so much more than that. We are so um, multicultural, diversified. We've been asked, you know, what is prairie food? You can't put a label on it because it's ever-changing and it's fascinating and it's multifaceted. You know, the food that grows here is extraordinary. It's just that our seasons are short. They are. And uh, can you stick around? Mm -hmm, We're going to take a bit of a break and we'll uh, talk more with Twyla Campbell, uh, co-author of Prairie. It is a cookbook. It has won an international award. And I want to know why you separated this book into seasons. That's coming up in two minutes. Door Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat. 719, we're hanging out with Twyla Campbell, co-author of the cookbook Prairie, that just won an international gourmand award for its sustainability. And Twyla, I wanted to ask you, you know, we've already talked about that there is a how-to with this book, but it's separated into seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when you eat seasonally, you get the most nutrition out of that food, and also... It's cheaper. It's it's cheaper, but you keep the money in the community because if you're if you're buying from farmers who have just harvested and grown and harvested that product, mm -hmm. that money is going back to them. So it's a win-win situation. But food tastes better, and uh, yeah, the nutritional content is at its peak. Well, and you could argue with the sustainability. You're not bringing it in from somewhere else around the world. Exactly. So you know, the transportation costs. You could talk about carbon footprint, any a number of things. Right. But if you want to look at it from a purely selfish point of view, it's going to be fresh and it's going to be good. Right. Right. And so this is part of changing how we uh, think, changing how we approach food. And I write about that in the in the first few pages. Is that if you eat seasonally, then you might not 
eat raspberries in the winter. And it's just a shift in how you think. So, you know, if if no one's growing raspberries, then you're getting raspberries from another country, right? So it's just like Daryl was saying, is that carbon footprint is, is bigger, the food's coming in from a thousand mile away, they've been sprayed to ripen along the way type of thing. So, I mean, we have become so accustomed to just having whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to do your part, you know. But then there's no, you're not having any fruit for well, many months of the but year. But uh, greenhouses are growing fruit. So you can actually get Alberta-grown strawberries in the winter. Cha-ching. Hello. <laughs> it's expensive, though. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, the, the thing is, these can be guidelines, too. This isn't, this isn't uh, being just really severe exactly. with yourself, right? But a lot of your winter recipes are things that we would have had. I grew up on a farm. Stuff we would have gotten out of the root cellar. Root cellar well, you and can the freeze freezer. the strawberries freezer. too, right? Your freezers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, get all those berries in, in the summer and, and fall or the fruit and freeze it. There's some weird ingredients yeah. in here though. And I'm what? like, where do you find that? Sea buckhorn See buckthorn berries? Yeah, that. <laughs> or buckthorn, well, yeah. I, I've seen them in British cooking shows. I, I, have yeah. no, I have no idea where they are. I have, and apparently you can get them here. You can. I got mine in the freezer section from Italian Center Shop. Hmm. So, you know, well, that's where they are. Or you can go pick them fresh if you know where to find them. And they're grown yeah. here. The, it was a, um, a shrub that was brought over in the early 1900s, I think, and planted as a shelter belt because they grow quickly and they root fast. And uh, so, yeah, it was planted as a shelter belt. So the berries are these little orange astringent things and they're wicked. I mean, if you pop those in your mouth and just eat them, you'll, it's like sour, sour candies to the extreme. But they're, so they're really astringent and they work like a lemon juice. Hmm. So they're perfect for that. Well, so you can make some alterations if if you're if you're cooking this up in Westlock and you can't go to the Italian center shop. Can you you can make adjustments, right? Um, for sea buckthorn berry, no. Uh, I can't imagine unless you use lemon, but you know, yeah. But there's other ingredients where sure you can you can always substitute adjust for sure. But, kind of the uh, fun of this is just discovering new things. I'd never heard of a sea buckthorn berry right. before. Is that did I say that right? See, yes, I can't get that right. Berry. See, I'd never even heard of that in, in the first place. Yeah, and uh, we use um, like offcuts in the book. Some beef tongue, beef tongue, lamb neck. Can't imagine. Right. There's an awful lot there. So you know the thing when you talk about beef tongue, people first go, "Ugh, gross!" Like mm-hmm. it's delicious. It'll lick you back. <laughs> <laughs> it is delicious. It's crazy delicious. And lamb neck too. That these are cuts that need to be cooked longer, right? Because it's a lot of muscle or connective tissue. But you can find it at at butchers for or, sure. Or you can yeah, request it a, at least. There's a halal shop I love going to. It's Westgate Halal. I get a lot of my lamb neck there. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> that's great. That sounds very funny. <laughs> the beef tongue I got there as well. So Do you have to order it or no? You just they have it on they in have stock. It there. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and congratulations. Mm. That's a big deal. Thanks. So your next run of this book will have a big seal that says winner of the, the big, Sustainability big Award red, from Gourmand. Red sticker that I says am, best in the world. I'm yeah. such a cad. I always do this, but I can't help myself. What did you get for, for what, what do you, did what do you award? Yeah, what do you, what do you get for you winning? You get to be on radio shows. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we probably would have had you on even if you didn't win, but yeah. you know, this is just an added bonus. You get some extreme satisfaction, I guess. That's Very what you nice. get. Perfect. Twyla Campbell, always a delight. Food travel writer Good and of course you. co-author of Prairie, which you can find everywhere, I'm sure.